0: Hi, it's Ty. The show you're about to hear was just recorded on Twitch, and as you're going to hear, there's going to be a bit of uh, just some strange bits of audio where it cuts out for like a quarter of a second. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't affect it too much for you. It's a good show. Hope you stick around. I'm still figuring out Twitch and everything to do with that, so yeah. Hope you like it. Know that the audio issues will eventually be fixed. I'm assuming. And without any further ado, let's get. Welcome on in to another edition of the Declaration Podcast. My name is Ty DeClaire, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in today. Hey! Live from Twitch. Let's go. We got an audience. We got a laggy video. We got our microphone tuned up. We're ready to go. Hope you're doing well. First, I'd like to thank Patreon over in the squad. We have Liam Nolan at Liam Nolan, Boyan Antonoff at Boyan V. Antonoff, and Matt Naife at Matt Naife. Thank you all so, so much. Over in the Angels, we have Chris Pierce at Chris Pierce 103. Go do your part for the environment. Pick up some litter. Give the world a hug. Do your thing. Also, I'd like to thank Mason Tim at M-T underscore T underscore R-M-T, also known as MaceGT95 on Twitch. Shouts out to Mason in the chat right now. If you want to get your body right, you'll get a massage from Mason. I don't think he gives him via Twitch, but I'm sure you can book, uh, book him in Ottawa, because he's the best damn massage therapist in Ottawa, according to Faces Magazine. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon slash the declaration online we'd love to have you over there and for the mental health check this week it's been one of those weeks where you realize the importance of routine and building a lifestyle that i don't need to recover from so this was my first week back from vacation So. You know, coming back, it was a bit tough getting into the swing of things. But as the week went on, you know, I, I got, and as soon as that stress reduced, what I was doing on a day to day also reduced. So I know, you know, if I, if I have a challenge in front of me, if, if, if I'm, if I have an obstacle I have to come, I have, you know, pretty good. Faith in myself that I will meet that challenge or exceed that challenge. But when I have nothing to do, that's when I can find difficulty with motivation, with routine, with keeping up with things. I'm definitely one of those people who likes just to pull the plug, try to veg out on the couch, and do nothing at all. And unfortunately, that doesn't really work for me anymore, and it typically just means that I'm putting something off doing that. Or, at the very least, it's not satisfying. It's not what I want to do after a long, hard week is do nothing, and then get stressed out as, you know, Monday, or I guess this week, Tuesday approaches. I'm like, oh, I have all of this stuff to do. Why did I wait so long? Uh. So... Really, it's just about prioritizing for me and trying to figure out what that routine is gonna look like and just trying to stick with something because man, COVID wiped away all of my routine, my everything that I had going on, and now we have to rebuild. And I mean COVID's not over. It's you know, hopefully we're taking a step forward, hopefully people get vaccinated and, you know, do their research. If you have questions, ask the doctor. Don't ask me. I'm not the source for this. But do your part we love it we'd love to put we would all love to put this thing behind us so let's do it um but like always you know there's people in your life that are gonna pick you up and, and help you move through the tough times and you know most of the people in the chat here nova neon you know we had some people over on saturday night yes saturday night and, you know, we just had a nice little barbecue and just to hang out and it's just awesome being able to invite people over again and spend that time together when we actually can, and it's not restricted. And another thing, too, was, you know, sometimes it's tough for me to... Oh. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Joe is calling me out in the comments here. Joe, you're so supportive. I love you so much. I want to give you a big hug the next time I see you. You too, Mason. Yeah, Joe was too good for us. You're right, Neon. Um, sometimes I have difficulty coming up with what I'm going to talk about in the show. Sometimes I feel like what I talk about on the show can just kind of be a, a repeat from week to week. Because it's just kind of the same thing. But it's one of those things that we can repeat over and over and never really click. So if I can say it a thousand different ways, maybe it'll click for me and or you. But this week, Chris at Chris Pierce 103 reached out and... You know ask me to do a podcast on sleep and phones and the relationship with that and just to give a bit of information on phones and how that can affect sleep and I know that I've talked about sleep previously in the podcast and I've talked about screens recently on the podcast, but you know it's always good to come back revisit and just kind of go over everything again so what I kind of want to do is explain what the light emitted from phones due to us give some, you know, scientific studies to show, you know, that it's real. also show like how it affects us health wise and just the practicality of a good night's sleep and what that does for us. And then we'll talk a bit about depression and sleep and the connection there. And then, you know, we'll just kind of go into again, a little more data, a little more, have a conversation about it. And then we'll, we'll end with a bit of an action item for all of us to try and do something this week to get our sleep right. And then we'll head on from there. And if you're on Twitch, you know, we'll hang out, see if we can get a game to run on my laptop without it catching on fire. And if that happens, we're going to have a great night. <laughs> so, when you're on your phone, your screen, for the most part, is emitting what's called blue light. Blue light is, you know, on the spectrum of light. And blue light is one of the, I guess, one of the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Penet- penetrative? Penetrative? <laughs> it penetrates our system through our eyes at a higher clip than most of the other nova is on phone currently yeah no we're good right now it's only later on the day when you're trying to sleep you're good nova um yeah sorry so light emit in the eyes and the blue light affects us more than any other light the way it affects us is our light looks at blue light whether that be from a screen a phone any kind of electronic even like fluorescent lights give off blue light and the way that that affects us is our bodies interpret that like we're looking at the sun. It Like the sun emits blue light as well. And what blue light does to our system is it affects two of our most powerful hormones. One, cortisol. And two, melatonin. Now, cortisol and melatonin work inverse of each other so when one is up the other is down and when one is down the other one is up so what this means is when we look at our phone maybe when we wake up in the morning and go outside and get some sun right our body's level of cortisol it spikes right and when your cortisol spikes that is your get up and go hormone you are up you are awake you are ready to do things. You're focused. <laughs> think of it like a cup of coffee almost, right? Like that is what that does. It gets you moving. It gets you going. And blue light is one of the things that uh, causes us to increase that. And if you think about it, before we had electronics, right? Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, we're getting up. We're doing things. Sunset, as, you know, as our we're looking at less blue light. Our cortisol levels should naturally drop, and when our cortisol levels drop, our melatonin should rise up. And melatonin is the deep sleep hormone, right? You may have seen it in an aisle in your local pharmacy and/or grocery store. Melatonin is great for sleep; it helps us to get asleep, stay asleep, all that wonderful stuff. Now, the issue is probably one of two things: one. We're getting too much cortisol as the day goes on, as the sun sets. We're still looking at screens. We're still having this blue light ingestion. And our bodies are saying, Woo! Sun's out! Gun's out! Let's go! Let's have a party! Yeah! Let's, let's focus on this one thing! Yeah! Meanwhile, you may be like, Well, I really want to go to bed, but my mind's not turning off. So let's just look at our phone some more and see if I can... Just kind of outlast this and then I'll pass out at some point. Or in the mornings, maybe we're sleeping in until 10, 11, 12, 1, and we're really not getting out of the bed and we're staying in the room, or we're not getting a big spike of cortisol in the morning. And if you can get a spike of cortisol in the morning, that sets you up to have a dip of cortisol in the evening, right? It's a natural wake-sleep cycle, right? Wake up, cortisol up, go to bed, cortisol down. Or in the inverse, wake melatonin low, go to bed, melatonin high. Now, you know when you either are going to bed and all of a sudden you're wired and you have all of this, Ooh, let's do something at like 10 o'clock at night. That's a sign that your cortisol is up when you want it to be down. Or when you wake up in the morning and it's like you're in a fog and you can't get going. That's a good sign that your cortisol is down in the morning. So you can see that this balance between these two hormones really affects us on a day-to-day basis. And it's important because it clearly affects... What we're doing in our sleep, in our day, and how we're feeling, in everything we do. In a 2011 national study um, from the National Sleep Foundation's uh, Sleep in America poll, and again, polls, you know, it's whatever. It's, you know, only the people who respond to the poll who takes it. So take it with a grain of salt. But found that 90% of Americans report using an electronic device in their bedroom within an hour of trying to fall asleep. And that was in 2011. Imagine what that is in 2021 post COVID. If it's not the same, it has to be higher, right? I can personally attest for using my phone way more in the bedroom since COVID started, since my routine fell apart, since everything. And in a 2009, it was basically looking at the suppression of blue light at night and how that affects our metabolic, uh, metabolic abnormalities by you know controlling the circadian rhythm so basically what they did was they took these mice well there's kind of two parts of the experiment they took mice and people so in the mice part they exposed mites to white light 30 minutes before bed or they were part of a group with a blue light cut group which reduced the intake of blue light to induce this phase shift circadian rhythm again phase shift from cortisol to melatonin. That's the kind of idea I do. Metabolic parameter analyzed in the study. And then in the clinical study side, healthy participants wore blue light shield eyewear for two to three hours before bed. And you know data analysis, laboratory tests, sleep quality questionnaires were all performed before and after the study. So what they found in the mice is that the phase shift from, again, that wake sleep cycle, induced with a blue light cut group was significantly shorter than that induced with the white light group. So the mice that were reducing the blue light intake went from that wake-sleep cycle much more quicker than the white light group, who were just constantly exposed to light. Blood blood (laughs) Blood glucose levels 48 hours after the white light pulse were also higher than those in the blue light group. So blood glucose, you can think of that like the amount of sugar in your blood, which if we're talking diabetes or we're talking those kind of metabolic diseases, that's a big indicator. Also, you know, there was there was some liver testing. I'm not gonna go into the liver testing, but you know, liver's affected, our whole bodies are affected when we're not getting the sleep we need, or if we're, you know, looking at blue light too much. Now in the clinical study side on the people side, after one month of wearing the blue light shield glasses, people reported an improvement in, well, not reported, there were improvements in fasting plasma glucose levels. So again, like the diabetes side. Also, improvements in insulin resistance, which, this is okay, a really quick, try to recap an idea that's way too big. The more sugar, 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 sugar you eat, the natural resistance to the insulin that's meant to help reduce that Basically, think of it: you need more insulin to take care of a certain level of sugar that maybe you previously didn't, because of this insulin resistance that you've built up. By sleeping better, by redu- not sleeping better, by reducing blue light before bed, insulin resistance was removed, and also everyone who did it reported better sleep quality. So basically, what that kind of sums up to is giving ourselves a break from screens before bed can help us to fall asleep faster, have higher quality sleep, feel more rested, reduce the progression or the chances of diabetes and other sort of metabolic diseases. Cool. Sign me up. Now, this is a show about mental health, so obviously we're going to touch on the depression side as well. There is a very, very strong association between sleep disturbances and major depression. About three-quarters of depressed patients have insomnia symptoms. The link between both sleep and depression is so fundamental that some researchers have suggested that the diagnosis of depression in the absence of sleep complaints should be made with caution. In other words, if you, if, you know signs are pointing to depression but your sleep is good, because your sleep is good, they may look for other reasons why you may have these depressive symptoms other than depression because they so so typically go hand-in-hand. Hand. That's wild. Sleep disturbances is one of the key symptoms of depression, may be the reason that depressed patients first seek help, and is one of the few proven risk factors for suicide. If we're sleeping good, we're less likely to have suicidal ideations and act on those. Wild. Also, yeah, it's not so much the doom and gloom the like the, the difficulties that come with depression it's the sleep difficulties that typically lead us to seek help so it's a major warning sign and clearly a major factor in all of this even further if these sleep problems remain after other depressive symptoms are mixed from everything going on there's a significantly increased risk of relapse and recurrence of depression so if we don't get a handle on the sleep side of things, even if we're under appropriate treatment, doing these things, we're going to have a higher chance of having another major depressive episode. Wild. And another thing too is temporary improvement in mood seen after the total sleep deprivation is in high proportion with depressed patients. So this is something that I've seen in my own life and it kind of can be correlated as well with that spike in cortisol when we're not falling asleep well at night and we have that, you know, that reverse cycle where we're sleeping throughout the day, awake at night. When we wake up in the mornings, you know, we can feel, Bleh. but as the day goes on, those depressive symptoms can start to kind of dissipate. And by the time 8, 9, 10 o'clock rolls around, you're in the state of, man, I, I really wish I would do this and that. I really want to get my life together and, you know, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Or, well, I, I should be sleeping right now, so maybe I'll I'll think about that again tomorrow. And we can kind of keep pushing that bucket down the road. But that kind of spike in, and I mean a spike, just that reduction in like the depressive symptoms at the end of the day can't be again tied to just this this cycle that we found in this correlation between sleep problems and depression. Now, sleep abnormalities in depression, both subjective and objective, point to a disruption in both homeostasis and circadian drives. Our drive to sleep can be affected. A frequent occurring symptom is taking a long time to get sleep, which is common with psychiatric conditions, particularly you know generalized anxiety disorder. But it may be that general hyperarousal. That is present in about 80% of depressed patients that can contribute to that early insomnia. So that's that homeostasis side, right? If we're, not, if we're not at a place of balance, of homeostasis, insomnia is probably an early risk factor for these other things starting to snowball. So if we can get the sleep right, we can prevent our risk of exposure to more disease symptoms, what have you. Continued sleep abnormalities can also reduce the pressure one feels to sleep with snowballing the problem. Basically, the longer that this goes on, the less pressure you feel to keep to a sleep schedule. You know, the first couple times to stay up past 10 p.m., you know, it it might really hit you like, I'm so tired, I I don't want to do this. But the more you do it, and the more you do it, and the more you do it, the easier it comes. And then that 10 becomes 11, and 11 becomes 12, and 12 becomes 1, and 1 becomes 3. And then, lo and behold, now you're completely reverse-cycled. You're dead throughout the day, wishing for the end of the day. And then once the end of the day comes, you have all of this energy all of a sudden. And then next thing you know, it's it's 3 a.m. That happens. Right? And it's, again, explained by science. It makes sense when we're not in this in this balance with what's going on that we're going to have these outcomes and interestingly effective treatment for depression antidepressants correlates with natural sleep patterns and brain activities so if we can get on the right medication for you that could help with the sleep things that are going on so if you know i typically was not a medication person but i've seen time and again just it's not a one-size fits all. It's not a fix every problem. But hell, if it can help hold your hand through the difficult times and and make those those valleys not as deep, medication can be helpful. So like I said before, depressive symptoms tend to be worse in the morning and then gradually reduce as the day goes on before going to bed. So again, that's that boost of wanting to be productive and wanting to, you know, get your life together when, you know, you'd probably rather be sleeping. And interestingly, response to treatment like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is, you know, typically the you know, the most well researched, evidence-based treatment that we have for things like depression and you know, changing the relationship you have between your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, response to treatment like that is reduced if your sleep is not addressed. And poor sleep is correlated with again, that increased relapse in depression and the the like. So clearly, we need to take care of this sleep thing. Now, one step further, for those of us who you know have some concerns with maybe disordered eating or just want to change our eating habits. Lack of sleep has been found to trigger increased levels of ghrelin, I think that's how you say it, <laughs> ghrelin, ghrelin, and decreased levels of leptin, leading to increased hunger and appetite. So ghrelin, leptin, those are, you know, things you found in your stomach. They control your appetite, your wanting to eat, things like that. When we're not sleeping right, these are spiking all over the place. So if you're you're finding that, you know, your appetite's all over the place, sleep could be, again, another factor in all of this. So, we have this vicious cycle of sleep or having our circadian rhythms off, leading to these increased depressive symptoms. Increased appetite, increased risk of metabolic disease. It's rough, and it's a reality for a lot of us. Depression and the subsequent habits that can lead, that come from depression, lead to continued difficulty sleeping. the The problem continues to snowball, and recovery is hampered until the sleep concerns are reduced. When I'm depressed, I'm on my phone a lot more. I'm looking for that dopamine boost that comes from my phone. I'm looking for a distraction for everything else going on, especially in bed, right? Especially when I can't sleep, especially when my mind is running. I just want to reach my phone and even just turn on a podcast or something. I just want, I need something to distract me. i I, I don't like relying on things like that. Now, back in 2015, I realized that I was depressed, or at least I had depressive symptoms. I never went to get diagnosed. I can't say what it is. At that point, right? What I did do is I began researching and making changes in my life. And I'm not exaggerating or I'm not, you know, intending a pun when I say that when I improve my sleep, my symptoms, my subjective experiences, and my benefit from my efforts to try and correct my sleep was night and day. But um test. Right? Things changed once I got the sleep. The biggest changes that I made in my own life: were getting exercise in the morning and having a screen curfew at night. So the morning exercise that increased my sun exposure and my cortisol production, which also suppressed my melatonin in the mornings. So basically, the bigger spike in cortisol in the morning, again, the bigger dip at night. When cortisol goes down, melatonin increases. So by getting up in the morning, getting some exercise, not only is exercise just generally the best antidepressant we have at our at our disposal, it can also help us to sleep better at night, especially if you can get out in the morning, Either just for a walk, a stretch, just go deck and having some coffee in the sun. like Whatever you can do to get some sunlight in the morning, it will benefit you down the road. And for the screen curfew, again, this is probably the biggest thing. You can do a couple of things, right? You can download some apps, right? If you want to really help ease yourself in and not make too big of a change, which I'm a big proponent of, you can download some apps. I think one of them is called F. F. dot flux or like flux, and you can. It will basically at a certain point in the night, your screen will turn red instead of blue. Red light does not emit the same things that blue light does. Red light does not increase our uh cortisol as much red light can help you too if you want to stay on your screens reduce that impact you can also lo- use blue light blocker glasses which you may have heard of those also can reduce that impact of cortisol on our bodies at night screen curfew though probably the easiest way now again screens are not our only source of blue light right fluorescent lights um sunlight it's a big one any any screens really but there are other sources so if you're turning the screens off and then just kind of staying under fluorescent light and doing everything it's not you're not gonna get as big of a benefit but candlelight is safe um you know natural light is safe um if you're indoors and you have light coming in that helps or you know just have a have a lamp turned on over in the corner with you know maybe some softer bulbs whatever you can make the change on the light side, but for the screen curfew specifically, <laughs> uh, you, you can start 60 minutes before your bed, right? Close up the phone, put it away. If you have an alarm clock, an old school alarm clock, leave the phone just out of the room completely, right? Or if you have your phone in your room for your alarm, I do it too, set your alarm, plug your phone and whatever, and then put it down and don't think about it. Then for that 60 minutes before bed, spend it how you will. Read a book, light a candle, spend some time with some loved ones, take a shower, do your bedtime routine to while you know avoiding that light. Um, you know, do some dishes. I don't know what relaxes you. That's a question for you. But whatever that is for you, this is an opportunity to make space for that in your routine in your life while also increasing your chances of falling asleep at night. And slowly you can change that timing to fit your needs. My sweet spot was 90 minutes before I want to fall asleep. I would set my alarm for either seven and a half or nine hours in the morning, because um we sleep in 90 minute cycles and typically we'll sleep seven and a half to nine hours a night. So I would set my alarm for the time I want, put my phone down, and then You know, I'd I'd likely take a shower because a nice hot shower will cool our bodies. When we're cooler, we're more likely to fall asleep. So that's another another quick tip for you, right? But for me, if I can clean a little bit, you know, do some dishes, remove some of the clutter in my house and my mind, that's a good place to start for me. And my wanting to sleep and care for myself and do the things that will lead me to be a better person and the person that I want to be were much, much higher when I was sleeping well. My quality of life, my quality of my sleep, everything, incredibly different when I'm cognizant of the amount that I'm using my phone. It's just about being aware, right? And trying to address our blind spots. So here's my action for you this week. And me, I'm going to do this, you're going to do this. We're going to sleep better this week. And we're going to continue that on and on and on. Okay, so what I'm going to challenge you to do is each night, once you start your screen curfew, grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, whatever that looks like for you. And reflect on your day while you're not using your phone. And plan how you want to prioritize your sleep the next day. Okay, so I'm recording this on Monday. I'm going to start tonight. Whenever you hear this, just start it and try it for a week, right? 60 minutes before bed, turn off the screens, lower the lights, light a candle, whatever you have to do, get out the journal. And if you have trouble journaling, just do this. One thing that was the part of your day, one thing that was difficult about your day, one thing that you'd like to improve, and one thing that you're grateful for. Now, for the purposes of this, we can talk about sleep specifically. One thing that went well was I shut my phone off and, you know, I got that 60 minutes before bed. One thing that was difficult was I really, really, really wanted to look at my phone. And I, as I'm lying in bed, I'm thinking of things that I want to do on my phone, but I had to keep denying myself that. One thing I like to get better on is maybe it's waking up in the morning when my alarm goes off and getting some sun and getting that exercise in to make my Sleep attempts at night, even better. And something I'm grateful for the chance to actually improve my sleep and the fact that I care about myself enough to try something like that. So that's my challenge to you. It's not even a challenge, right? It's just let's get healthy. Let's do what we can for us. And if you've had trouble with sleep, like most of the people in the world have, like I said, if at the end of the day there's anything else going on, just know that, hey, I am not alone in the fact that i have difficulty sleeping. And the fact that like what I say ninety percent of people with depression and sleep difficulties go hand in hand. You're not alone if that's the case. And there's books like Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson and plenty of other online resources that can give you so many more helpful tips, tools to help improve your sleep. And I would encourage you to can read more on the subject. Learn as much as you can about it. Because it's health. I think if you have a, the right quality sleep. It reduces like all cause mortality by 40%. Metabolic disease, depression, suicide. Everything. Reduced by 40%. If we simply have good quality sleep. I mean it when I say... I felt completely different once my sleep was better and it wasn't until I improved my sleep that I really felt like I pulled out of that depressive episode back in 2015. Haven't felt like that way in a while. And I can, and looking back once my sleep pattern and routine fell apart, that's when routine and patterns fell apart places. And that's when depression and everything else really set in again for me. So, Let's go do this. Let's get her sleep right. It's 2021. If not now, then when? Right? Why not now? Why not for you? For your, for everything. So, if you like the show, give it a like wherever you see it. Share it. Subscribe. Hit me up at email at the ration at gmail.com for show ideas, comments, all that stuff you can head over to the declarationonline.com you can con- you can fill out anything on that site there's like a mission form there's comment on the page under the podcast you could also reach me on in instagram whatever at declare 44 facebook search the declaration online there's also a facebook page and no i don't particularly like using facebook um twitch canada c a n a d u u h we're having fun over here before we end the show, let's just head on over to the, the Twitch comments here. And, uh, oh, yep, everyone making fun of me saying penetrates. Wonderful. that Those are my friends. Um, oh, Mace, appreciate you showing up, man. I, I love that you were there. Appreciate that. Neon, I find using the filter on my phone that reduces blue light filter has helped me so much. And I just always leave it on now. Yeah, that's what I ended too for a while. I had that red light app on my phone. And I just like, "Why do I even turn this off?" And again, there's benefit to having that spike in cortisol in the morning, right when you're awake. The issue is at night, so if you find more comfortable you know just using that red light all the time, go for it, go for it, go for it. Um, same thing if, if you use blue light blocking glasses for most of your day, that's awesome. But just make sure that you know you're doing what you can to spike that cortisol in the morning, whether that be exercise, sun exposure what have you just to make sure you're getting full spike and then dip spike dip it's good for you joe i want to build a blanket fort yes please nova is commenting yay do it joe do it joe blue light free blanket fort that is it that's the idea that's what we come here for so really quick something i'm grateful for another day alive to try and be the best human that i can be I'm grateful to be alive, I'm grateful for every day here, and I know when I'm doing nothing and trying to turn off the world, that that's a place that I am just not, I'm not in that headspace. And I want to try and take advantage of every day that I have, because man, I don't have a lot of days. We all don't have a lot of days. But when we can do these things for ourselves, we can just get 1% better each day. We're going to live a fine, fine life, and I can't wait to spend it all with you so that's it for me Uh, if you're on twitch let's go try and play some games we'll see if my laptop catches on fire if not we're gonna have some fun everyone out in podcast land hope you have a great rest of your day let's uh oh really quick let's start the outro music let's see if this works oh it works oh yes 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 look at this so yes everyone out in podcast land go yourself a way to show yourself some love today a good way would be sleep sleep's awesome and I love sleep. I'm big proponent of sleep. Big proponent of you living your best life. I love you. Bye-bye.